Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Thursday's podcast as we kind of um, march through more verses in the New Testament that uh, kind of describe for us who we are in Christ. Um, but before we get into that, um, we have to do our our weird, our silly identity <laughs> stories and jokes and riddles and things here. This one you might know, Michelle. I don't know if you think about it a little bit, possibly. Um, what do you call a baker who has no identity? A baker who has no identity. I don't know, Tom. John Doe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, this one is definitely an eye roller, the second one for the day. Um, I was involved in a car crash last night. And as I regained consciousness from last night's crash, the doctors were trying to convince me that I'm actually a Swedish guy who has forgotten it, who had forgotten his identity. But I'm not having none of it. Okay. I was in Bjorn yesterday. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> Bjorn. Bjorn. <laughs> a Swedish name. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, Thursday um, is a day that lately we've been trying to focus on like valleys because all of us who have um, lived for any amount of time as Christ followers, mm-hmm. we, we experience valleys, tough times in our lives. And so Michelle has a valley that she wants to um, share with us and talk a little bit about how God um, – kind of showed up Mm -hmm. in that valley. You're right, Tom. We don't get to this stage in our life without experiencing a number of valleys, whether Mm -hmm. they're financial or job-related or health-related. One of our biggest valleys took place about 12 years ago when our youngest daughter, who lives in Portage, gave birth to triplet uh, daughters. She had an amazingly healthy pregnancy carrying the girls, but after delivery, she experienced pregnancy-induced cardiomyopathy. So Don and I moved in with them to help care for their two-year-old while she spent a month in the hospital facing one crisis after another. Finally, not knowing what else to do for her, the doctor sent her home, hoping that she would recover in her own environment more quickly. But within the week, it became apparent she was not recovering and was, in fact, growing weaker. (laughs) So um, one night, she said to her husband, I think I'm dying. (laughs) So we quickly went to the emergency room. And it was discovered that her heart was operating at only 5%. So they rushed her via ambulance to U of M to be evaluated for an LVAD as a bridge to a heart transplant. An LVAD is a motor that is planted inside your body connected to your heart. So you have no heartbeat. The motor just circulates your blood via batteries that you wear outside your body. and. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Oh, I mean, I've okay. heard of the you know the pacemaker that keeps yeah. the beating, but there's this is like a little. Would you call it an LVAD? Yeah, oh my. The left ventricle assist device. Oh, okay, yeah. LVAD. Okay. Yeah. So, she wore these batteries, and uh, at night we'd plug her into the wall, and oh. uh, it was the hope that this would give her heart time to recover and begin to function on its own again. After a year, it became obvious that her heart was not regaining its function, and she was put on a transplant list. After about a month, we were blessed with a new heart for her, and today, 11 years later, she is living a full and happy life with her husband, raising their four girls. Mm. 
So as I look back, how did God show up? He showed up in amazing answers to prayer, time after time with healing one crisis after another. Uh, to so many people stepping up to provide support from meals to diapers to lawn care, um, one instance after another. How did it transform my life? Our faith definitely grew during that time as we literally walked through the valley of death. We don't take life or tomorrow for as granted as we once did, and we realize more fully how God is totally in control of every detail of our life, which um, with that, that gratitude, it just propels you to remember that today is the only day we really have to live for, for God and to make a difference in the lives around us and uh, just to do that intentionally. I think the valleys in our lives are often where we grow the strongest and we learn our most meaningful lessons. And when God brings us through those valleys, he does it to bring glory to him and to be a blessing to others who walk through that valley after us. And you're giving glory to him, Mm -hmm. right, just by sharing that story. Right. Right? Um, Because it's oftentimes in those valleys in life that we realize – we're not in control. Right. And then to acknowledge that God is in control, yeah. that it, it takes the valleys for that to happen. It does. Because we don't think about that when everything is going right. fine and dandy. But how scary, though. Those were, those were, that was a scary year. It was a very yes. scary year. Yeah. Yes. Um, but thank you for giving testimony, mm-hmm. for giving glory to God, that he was with you yes. and that he was in control, um, that you learned um, so many things. Um, I also heard in your story that, uh, you know, so many people surrounded mm-hmm. you guys and surrounded them. Mm-hmm. That's what part of being like part of the family of God is all about, right? It is. It's like we support yeah. each other when we go through yeah. those tough times. Yeah. And it was it was such a good example, too, because sometimes we don't think of we, – we pray for them. We might send a card. We might do a visit. But it it made me more aware of how else can you help, mm. you know, Um like with with our daughter and her husband, I mean, the lawn was mowed for a year. Meals sure. came in for a full year. Wow. They installed a generator so that if they had power failure, yeah. she plugged in the wall. Right. You get a power failure, you die. Right. Um, uh, we had our car break down, and uh, we went to the hospital, and we came back. Someone had it towed away, repaired, and brought back mm. and paid the bill. Mm. And, you know, just one thing after another. Yes. Um, we'd shake hands with people, and there'd be a twenty-dollar bill oh, in it for gas, right. and you know, and uh, just just so many ways the body of Christ really stepped up, mm-hmm. and uh, what a great example! Yes, yeah. yes. Well, thank you for sharing that. All right, Hebrews chapter four um, is what we're going to be looking at today. Just three verses. We're going to look at fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen, but we're going to specifically focus on verse. Um, 16 here. Um, so again, uh, I don't. I don't think the scholars know who wrote the book of, of Hebrews. I think people, a lot of yeah. people think it was Paul because mm-hmm. it sounds similar to some of his other letters and some of his other um, writings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's. I think he's the authors just refer to as the author. <laughs> A lot of times. So whoever this was, okay, um, we're reading from Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. Um, and again, there's a little topic or a little um, heading at the top of my section here called Jesus, the great high priest. Mm-hmm. 
And therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize, I'm sorry, who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet. He did not sin. And then our focus verse. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So before we push to record, Michelle, you said you, you kind, of, um, kind of focused more on that second part of the verse about mm-hmm. the receiving mercy and finding grace. So what do, you, what do you have there? Well, I think as we look at our identity, I would have to say that I'm a recipient of that mercy mm-hmm. and grace. And uh, for maybe a few of those out there who are like, well, what, what differentiates the two of those? Um, I think of mercy as God withholding what I deserve, which is, you know, surely condemnation for my sins and the end result is hell. And grace is God giving me what I don't deserve, the forgiveness based on Christ's righteousness and sacrifice for my sins, along with a home in heaven. So in Christ, we receive both his mercy and his grace. Hmm. I've never heard that described that way before. Hmm. That's interesting. So mercy is like God withholding something that we deserve. Mm -hmm. And grace is like something that we're receiving even though we don't deserve it. Right. Oh, okay. I yeah. like that. I like that distinction there. Yeah. And, and that's who we are. We're receivers of that. Mm-hmm. And not just receivers, because how do you respond with those incredible gifts of mercy and grace besides being grateful? I think God calls us to be conduits of that mercy and grace to those around mm, us. Yes. Um, and I, I don't think it's an option. I think we must extend that mercy and grace. Yes. You know, if if we're to show the world what Jesus looks like, and Jesus looks like mercy and grace, mm. then we have to exhibit that in our lives too. Right. I think a couple weeks ago, again, in one of the sermons, uh, billboards. Yes. Right? We, have, we have to be billboards. Yes. Right? We have to billboard <laughs> the <laughs> grace and the mercy that we've received, mm-hmm. like you were saying, to other people, mm-hmm. to be conduits of that grace and conduits of that mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not always easy. No, it's not. No. Because oh, people bug us. <laughs> people get us upset. <laughs> Sandpaper people. <laughs> yeah, there we go. They rub Prickly us. people. They rub us the wrong <laughs> they way. They do. They do. <laughs> um, the first part of verse 16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. And so who am I? Who are we? We are people who are confident. I know earlier mm-hmm. this week you had mentioned that confidence. But we are people who are confident in approaching mm-hmm. God the Father. I know in the Old Testament, I think it was, and I don't know why and what, what the theological explanations is, but in the Old Testament, it doesn't seem like God was very approachable. <laughs> True. You know, yeah. I mean, wasn't it true that only one person, the high priest, mm-hmm. could go once a year, yeah. right, yeah. into God's presence, you know, behind the curtain, yeah. you know, the holy of holies, right? God didn't seem very approachable. No. But not because of Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's not like that anymore. That's right. Right, that curtain? Yeah, he tore the veil. Yeah, tore yeah. the veil. We now have access. Yeah. We now can approach confidently. You know, because that curtain has yeah. been torn. Yeah. You know, curtain has been torn. Um, I, I wrote down with a smile face here. I wrote hot tub. 
She's, Michelle's looking at me like, what? <laughs> but going back to what you were saying about the whole we're receivers of grace yes. and receivers of mercy. Okay, we, I have not been in a hot tub many times in my life, but the couple times I have, it's like, oh, this is kind of relaxing. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels good, you know? And I think that's how we have to kind of, I know I used the word wallow. Oh. Was it yesterday or the day before? Yeah. In a negative way that Satan wants us to wallow in our guilt yeah. and shame. But I think we need to wallow yeah. <laughs> in that grace. Yeah, soak you know? it up. Yes, yeah. soak it up, feel good, just rest in that grace, rest in that mercy, yeah. and just like, ah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, Satan doesn't want us to do that at all. No. What does he want us to do? He wants us to remember all our failings and how unworthy we would be without yes. Christ's righteousness. What a loser yeah. you are. You can't talk to God the Father. There's no way he would listen to what right. you have to say. You know, and, and unfortunately, some of us believe that. Mm-hmm. Okay? But we're reading scripture here today. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence mm-hmm. so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just love the fact that, you know, sometimes Jesus is referred to as the great high priest. Yeah. Right. Um, and I just love that. Yeah. That we can just act. We have access to the father through him. Yes. Yeah. All right, folks, um, thanks for listening on this Thursday. And we have one more episode tomorrow. Um, We're going to be looking back at the book of Ephesians again, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, but we'll be focusing on a different verse than we did on Tuesday. So um, I hope you guys can tune back in tomorrow. Have a good day. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.